You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. With a bit of common knowledge and an uncommon familiarity with the original text of the Bible, Father Paul reminds us why scholarship isn't all it's cracked up to be. Could someone please pass the almonds? I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Could someone pass the almonds? Genesis chapter 35 continues the story of Jacob with Bethel. Let's recap. Bet El in Hebrew means the house of El, the house of God. And there is obviously, as I explained earlier, a play on that, where the text is pushing Jacob to understand that ultimately... The Bet-El is the household of God, what he gives as a gift through progeny of people or a family, a flock that lives in the open under a tent, as we shall see soon, and not under a building. And this is the tension all the way in the story of Jacob. We need to keep this in mind because we are prone to view success from the lens of human success. Look at the way we speak about buildings, even in churches in North America and parishes. What you post is that ultimately, if you don't have a building, then you have not done anything. Okay, you are still a mission that needs to rent a place and then slowly on you buy your own place and you adorn it. And people like to quote Leviticus for that. I remember I went once to lead a retreat in a parish and the women were very upset when I spoke against the building and so on because they worked hard to adorn the interior of their church and they quoted Leviticus and then you have to remind them that this is a big joke because the people had to pack everything every night in order to move ahead through the wilderness. I mean, as my buddy, Father Timothy Lowe, told me several times lately, Father Paul, I think if people do not want to submit to your thesis that the Bible is basically an irony against the human being, not so much against the plants and the animals, but against the human being, then there is no way we're going to understand correctly Scripture, and we're going to just abuse it. And that's what we have here in this chapter. And I'm going to go a little bit faster because we heard these things and the Bible is basically repetitive. As I keep repeating, it is repetitive. Notice how in verse 6 
we hear that Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan. I mean, this Luz business doesn't make any sense. Who talks about it? Even scholars says, well, it was the original name of Bethel. But that's not enough. When you hear it in Hebrew, then you hear Luz, Luz, which is almond in Hebrew and in Arabic. And thus it's a reference to a tree that is the gift of God. Remember how in Genesis 2 he planted the trees. That's why the palm date, the Tamar, and we're going to meet this name soon, Tamar. It's very important. It's not there was a woman whose name was Tammy. That's not scripture. It's all in the play on the meaning of words in the original. So thus, this is a reminder that originally it was just an oasis, a garden, whatever you want to call it, and then slowly on the human beings built a temple for the Lord, and this will come back to us in the story of David, who was unhappy. Can you imagine? David was unhappy for the sake of his God. Poor God, you know, he doesn't have a place. And many, many preachers and priests refer to this story when they want to push their parishioners to buy a piece of land and build a building. We do that time and again. Poor God, he can't manage on his own. And in the area of the plantation, he builds an altar again, which is not good, and called the place El Bethel. And here the author is playing against Jacob to remind him that in Bethel, the main factor is the El. So he added the God of the house of God, which is untranslatable. El Bethel doesn't mean much, which means that the name of the place is the name of a living being, the way Luz, Luz is a living entity, the tree. And then the additional verse 8, Otherwise, they don't have any meaning or function if we don't give them their due. That Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, and for those who hear the original would hear that it is from the same root as Dabar and Midbar, the word, the teaching. This will come to us in the famous Deborah, who is a prophetess. It's unbelievable in the book of Judges. I mean, you have a woman prophetess right there that put to shame Barak, which means the lightning, the power, the macho man. And she was buried under an oak below Bethel. Notice again the introduction of a tree. And then the name of the place is Elon Bakut, which means the oak of crying, weeping, because Deborah died. Now imagine, 
someone who doesn't know Hebrew, I need to repeat that until my last breath, is not hearing scripture. That person is only hearing Sunday school material that was produced by human minds who have no clue about what scripture is because their reference is the building of their local church. The following verse pushes in the same direction. I mean, anyone who knows Arabic could not miss the meaning of Paddan Aram. What is Paddan Aram? In Arabic, until now, Faddan, this is the unit of land, the way here we have acre, you know, and it means arable land. That's the area between the two rivers again. You need water to give life to the land around you. And the author is reminding the hearer that Jacob was fine when he lived with his family, his father-in-law, the brother of his mother, or the brother of his grandmother and the uncle of his mother. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's the family where he lived nicely and was able to find his wives. And it is at this point that God changes his name into Israel. From now on, it is God who is going to be in charge of the life of Jacob with or without Jacob's approval. It doesn't matter. But from now on, this is what's going to happen. And yet, Jacob will remain torn between following the lead of the shepherd God and his being prone to build, to set a pillar, as we shall see in verse 14. So God is pushing him to realize that it is his daily life according to the will of God in which God is interested and he keeps prone to put signs for his realization. And you all know, you've heard this several times, how I critique the cemeteries cemeteries are like pyramids and then people tell me okay we don't want to build and we'll put just a stone it's the same thing a stone is a stone is a stone okay the real reality of the person who just lost his nefesh and passed away is his family and children and legacy if you put on the stone that he was a great man and then everybody looks at his children that are really silly, then you're not making the point. As simple as that. You can write whatever you want on your stone. It will never be equal to what God wrote with his finger on the stone he gave Moses. Okay, I'm inviting you again. I cannot do more than that, except to invite you, which is ultimately, some of you got it, to learn Hebrew. I remember one of the persons who started taking Hebrew and 
you know, she had to stop, she had children, mother, and so on. But at one point, she made a good joke, which is valuable for me. So, you, Father Paul, really are expecting that I teach my children Hebrew. I didn't answer, I just smiled. Because that's not what I'm asking her. I'm asking her to learn Hebrew to teach scripture to her children. Not everybody has to know Hebrew, but those who teach must know Hebrew. And again, Jacob, after positing, uh, building the stone, erecting the stone, he called the place not El Bethel, but Bethel. You could see how the text is playing back and forth. And this story makes no sense if you take it as a factual historical story. It doesn't make any sense. It's all in the words of the chapter. Another important word, again, is when they journeyed from Bethel and came to Ephrath which is from a root that means fruitful. You see again the play on that. Okay, that's why the name will be Bethlehem, house of bread. It's not just the city Bethlehem that is in Palestine now. That's not the point. So in this chapter we have a push towards the original name of the human buildings that were basically just a gift from God, you know. A tree, a garden, an oasis, and this is how you live. But again, Rachel died in verse 19, and she is the only one who won't be buried in Hebron, but in Bethlehem. That's a dig against Rachel, the preferred of Jacob, that she was not fully integrated in the family at Hebron. But God never forgets anyone in Scripture, and thus she was buried in Ephrath, but unfortunately the name was changed in the name of a city. And again, he set up a pillar on her grave, the pillar of Rachel's tomb. You have noticed, and you will notice again, because it will be repeated, that in Hebron you don't have that. Everybody is dumped in the ground. That's all you have. But again, that's what we do not like. We like to have markers Okay, we are basically like the dogs that go around their area and pee to leave a marker. Remember that when you put a stone, you know, it's you're leaving your pee like a dog does to say that this is my property, this is mine. And that's not good in scripture. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.